The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC, and here is your top five at five stocks falling around the world. Dow futures here down 800 points. It is unconcerned that a new mutation of COVID found in South Africa may start to spread around the world. Oil also down big. The WHO calling a special meeting today to talk about the new variant with worries that it may be more resistant to the vaccines. Outside of that, also happening, retail. Yeah, traditionally today, a big shopping day, but will people show up in stores or is online the name of the game? Six months in the making, we have the answer to a question that we first asked you, dear loyal Wex viewer, all the way back in May. Plus, your weekly report on insider buying. Five stocks getting a lot of love from their leaders. One common theme this week, Buying on weakness. We'll show you the names. It's all happening on this Friday, November 26th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world that you may be watching. And good Friday morning. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're in the States. If you're not in the States, just hope you had a wonderful Thursday. Well, your top story today is nothing but the global markets. If you thought you were going to wake up and have this half day of stock trading, kind of a light day, well, think again. U.S. stock futures, they are plunging down nearly 800, more than 2%. NASDAQ futures holding up a little bit better, down just over 1%. And again, it is all ahead of a shortened trading day here in the United States. The stock market will close at 1 p.m. New York time. The drop in stocks comes after the World Health Organization warning yesterday of a new COVID variant detected in South Africa and may be more immune to vaccines because it has so many different mutations all into one. They call it a constellation or a cluster type of mutation. Asian markets, they close sharply lower as well. And of course, in front of all this, we are seeing a flight to safety. People are buying bonds and treasury yields are coming down. They are nearing one and a half percent as well. Oil prices also getting hit. Oil down more than six percent. On demand concerns, if, and it's a big if, this new mutation starts to spread around. It was identified on a passenger who just landed in Israel coming from the African nation of Malawi. Other than that, we have not heard about a spread, but the market is not waiting. They are selling now, and they're going to revisit it later. And like we said, that new COVID concern is something that world health officials are keeping a very close eye on. We noted, too, that passenger just from Israel. Let's talk about it now and go to our London newsroom and find out what is happening around the world as well. Karen Cho joining us now from London with how their markets look. And uh, from the big wall behind you, Karen, it's pretty obvious it is sell first, ask questions later. 
Brian, happy Thanksgiving to you. And I thought we'd be talking about the retail environment, but here we are talking about a variant of concern for a lot of scientists and health authorities. This may just be the playbook for Wall Street later on today. We are seeing sharp selling from the outset. These markets moved swiftly into negative territory. And you can see, particularly through the lens of the French market, this has been one of the best performing core markets in Europe in November. We've given back all of that territory. So part of the problem here has been the high water level that we've climbed to on some of these markets and what has been an optimistic trade. Don't forget in recent sessions we've been talking about just how quickly we could taper out of the United States, how quickly we could lift off in interest rates. And that story has also caught on for European markets, whether the ECB would even be talking about a move on the deposit rate by the end of next year. So banking stocks have been hard hit. That is one of the catalysts behind some of the selling today and, of course, travel and leisure. But let's just take a look at the stocks and you can see the big names that are moving to the upside and downside. Delivery names have been uh, right towards the top of the boards. The old pandemic trade where people may stay at home, order more takeaway food, order more groceries to the house, but also remote working. And TeamViewer is one of the stocks that gives us a window into that uh, remote working trade. It is up 5%, as you can see today. Other stocks are in the travel and leisure space. Carnival, this is a cruise ship operator. It is down 11%. has been one of the hard-hit stocks this morning. We had incredible selling from the outset around IAG, the owner of British Airways. It was down a fairly mighty 20%. And don't forget, as we were working our way through the crisis, there had been hope that we would see this resumption of business and leisure travel, even with the use of COVID passports, testing. And, of course, this story today is posing a threat to that narrative. So this stock now down 10%, so not as bad as where we started, very much clawing back some of that initial knee-jerk reaction. Lufthansa trades down and, of course, uh, the outlook. And I spoke to Embraer this week, one of the big airline makers, and they say the link is still there between the orders that the airlines are placing at this stage and the COVID situation they're dealing with. So the short term is impacting the medium long term, and that's particularly relevant as we talk about Airbus. That stock is down 9%, not to mention retailers like Dufree at the airport. Uh, they're being impacted as well. But a quick look elsewhere. You can see across the boards, it is a real safety trade today. Pandemic winners are back in uh, the action at this stage. And uh, Brian, perhaps that sets the scene for you later on today, where you see a lot of investors, a lot of traders revisit uh, some of those big winners. But uh, just a quick look too across the hotel space. Accor, which is one of the big players in France in the hotel space, it trades down 5%. Intercontinental is also off 5%. So it is telling you that investors are very much positioning around fresh restrictions that may be required for around this latest twist and turn with the pandemic. Yeah, Karen, if you're looking here at uh, U.S. airlines like American Airlines, United Airlines, looking on CNBC's website right now, they are down 7 and 8%. Carnival Cruise Lines, you mentioned a cruise, down 10%. Marriott down 6 Anything with regard to travel or getting out, is being sold off. Kind of that COVID playbook we know so well right now. It's kind of, I don't want to say panic, but it's hit sell now. Then we're going to go back and revisit it once we know a little bit more. But people, right. they're getting in front of it. Karen Cho in our London newsroom. We appreciate it. Have a great day, Karen. Thank you very much. What well, is, folks, on days like today that you realize the markets really are truly global, which is why we are very happy to have your first guest on today. Joining us now is Mark Hayfley. He is Chief Investment Officer of UBS Global Wealth Management. They are out with their 2022 outlook and where they see opportunities right now. And Mark, obviously, that's why we got you on. Usually the Friday after Thanksgiving is kind of a kind of a light news day, kind of a fun news day. Obviously not today. None of us know what's going to happen with this new variant. Could turn out to be something 
or it could also turn out to be nothing, or the vaccines could be effective. Again, we don't know enough right now, but the market doesn't seem to care. At UBS Wealth Management, what do you guys do on days like today? Well, you know, that is a great question. And, and what's so great about this show, Worldwide Exchange, gets at what we do. So first thing in my day is get on the phone with Asia, what's going on and what we're seeing in the markets and with clients and what we know about the situation. So let me try to give you a quick rundown. First, you know, one of the things we do highlight in our year ahead, and it's certainly bearing itself out today to a degree with our clients in Asia, is, you know, we have very sophisticated clients. They do have liquidity plans. They have asset allocation plans with us. And so many of them are looking for, you know, what are the buying opportunities at a time when, you know, if you wanted to see a headline uh, out of some place, have a reaction in the market like this, you know, the fact that it came out on Thanksgiving, uh, it, it couldn't be have have a more special timing. Yeah, and I, I think that's an important point that you are making. Obviously, much of the world does not celebrate Thanksgiving, but we know, and I'm not trying to be jingoistic here, that the United States sort of leads global trading in many ways. Most markets, desks here in the United States are going to be thinly staffed. If they're staffed, it's going to be probably more junior people. Nobody's going to be waiting around is my point. Correct, Mark? They're not going to be sitting and trying to analyze where this variant may go. It is let's sell what we've sold in the past. and We've had scares like this in the past. And we'll come back in Monday and revisit it after we've thought about it over the weekend, right? That's why we're seeing airlines and cruise lines and hotels down 6, 7, 10%. Well, you know, you say people on the desk. We know the machines are on the desk. And, we, and as you said, they're, they're yep. running the program. And so we, we need to assess this. So just a couple, you know, you highlighted, summarized very well what is known about this, this having more uh, proteins that could impact how this reacts with uh, the, the, the vaccines that are out there. You know, if you look at the empirical data of the infection rate in South Africa, for example, it's actually not spiked up. It's, it's lower than it's probably been since the beginning of the crisis. How, so that's on, on the one hand. On the other hand, you know, that this variant is, uh, is taking up, of those smaller number of cases, this variant is taking up a larger proportion of them. And we also know that since it's going to be a while before the scientists can really make a yeah. determination, you know, we, we're going to be in a little bit of a, a limbo here around this. So that, so that fits with the environment yeah, that and, you've and described. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's, Mark, I want to, you, you came on so graciously so early on a Friday morning. I want to ask you why you're here because of the reason that we asked you to come on your global outlook as well. L let's hope that this turns out to be a scare. The vaccines are effective. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere. We'll find out. Uh, Japan, Europe, and U.S. mid-caps. All things remaining the same as they were yesterday. Those are some of your top ideas for next year, correct? Well, I, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I actually think the, the <laughs> whenever you have a year ahead report, right, you just you hope it lasts for uh, a couple of days, right, before you have to start tweaking. But, you know, I would say uh, headlines aside, I think a lot of these trades still make sense or all of them make sense, because one of the things we said is we do think you're going to get a continuation of this reflation trade 
through the first half of the year. And then things are going to normalize in the second half yeah. of the year, both the growth, growth and inflation rates. And so uh, for the first half of the year, as you said, we're looking, we're looking towards Japan. We're looking towards Europe. We're looking towards energy and uh, you know, that cyclical trade. But then in the second half of the year, we think that healthcare, which right now is trading at very uh, favorable valuations compared to history, but also has that growth component, uh, is, the, is the area we'd be looking for more defensive stock plays. So for some people, that's going to accelerate yeah. a little bit when they hear headlines like this. Yes. By the way, we also had a Goldman Sachs call, one of your competitors I know, coming out and saying that we all three rate hikes next year, not two. That dropping uh, late Wednesday night into Thanksgiving morning. So that may be throwing a little bit of fuel on the fire as well with regards to today. But, Mark, we do appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much. and appreciate you going with the flow on the, on the news flow, Mark. Have a great day and a good weekend. Take care. All right. Now to uh, buying of a different kind outside of stocks. And that is, of course, retail, because things this year, they could look very different as everybody seems to begin shopping early. But in many ways, it may also look the same, at least for now. Anyway, as much of us feeling a lot more normal than last year. How could we not? Courtney Reagan now joining us with a look on how holiday shopping may look this year and has some new data on how many of you (laughs) might have been secretly shopping online while others were cooking. And cleaning. And you were shopping, not you, but the proverbial you. Not me. I was cooking and cleaning. Thanks, Brian. Well, early data from the Big Shopping Weekend from Adobe already shows us that consumers spent $2.3 billion online by 3 p.m. yesterday on Thanksgiving. The day on track to see spending hit as high as $5.4 billion. That's actually going to be up about 6% from last year. So a good rise there. And all of this is just happening as stores are just opening right now. Because remember, many retailers were closed on Thanksgiving last year and the retailers decided to do it again this year, which means those in-store doorbusters are actually back on Black Friday again. So you've got Walmart, Target, Best Buy, a number of these retailers among those opening their doors right now on the East Coast. Now, the National Retail Federation does expect that 108 million Americans will shop today. 64% of them in store. That's up from just over half last year. It is shy of the 2019 levels, but today is still expected to be the biggest in-store shopping day of the year. Shoppers will spend an average of $135 in store today. That's up from $124 last year in 2020, according to Deloitte. Now, to be fair, some of that increase could be from lower discount rates or inflation. StyleSage actually calculates that the average promotion is likely less this year uh, than what we saw last year and the year before. So we'll have to see exactly how that all plays out with what we end up buying. But online sales will still be significant, even though we're talking about in-store largely here today. Adobe does forecast that today's U.S. total will hit $9.5 billion. That's up 5% from last year, though shy of the full season's growth rate of 10%. Again, because so much of it is going to be done in-store today. Now, many retailers are reporting early holiday shopping as consumers worry about availability due to the ongoing supply chain issues. Seven in 10 shoppers, as a matter of fact, started shopping before Halloween, according to Detroit. More than six in 10 have already reported some out-of-stock issues, and that data is going to vary depending on who you talk to, but still, it's the majority of shoppers. Now, Brian, sports apparel site Fanatics recorded its biggest November in company history. I'm told this week's top-selling team overall is the Dallas Cowboys, but the Ohio State University, of course, is the company's top-selling college team. Go Bucks. Back over to you. 
I got, listen, Courtney, I got two Buckeyes that are hopefully <laughs> sleeping right now. I'm not waking them up, you know, in my in my house. Uh, so I, I, I get the Ohio State stuff. You're not kidding about shopping early. I myself am done. Already finished wow. up. Wow. Kind of weird like Impressive. that. Actually, actually went to get, no, just lazy. I didn't want to <laughs> deal with the crowds later. I went to look for Christmas trees, and I'm joking, and the guy at the Christmas tree place told me, we've been going the same place for years, that he's almost sold out of Christmas trees. He's got one more load coming. This is going to be a very different year because of everybody worried that the stuff they want may not be there, right? Yeah. I mean, the supply chain stuff we talk about, it's no joke. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's certainly part of it, Brian. I mean, right here, we have some of these toys, like these poppet toys are really popular. I don't know if your your kids are into them, but when we were at a small retailer in Massachusetts that sells toys, I think they said something like they ordered 88 poppet toys and they only got 12 of them in. They just don't know how many more they're going to get or if the ones that they ordered will end up coming in. And to your point about the Christmas trees, when we were sort of talking to different people about their habits and shopping, just quite literally on the street downtown here, not very very far away from CNBC headquarters, many of them did talk about decorating early. I think some of us have this desire to get back to normal and regather with friends and sort of re-celebrate yeah. a Christmas that looked like the years past. Let's hope this morning's news doesn't uh, dampen holiday spirits too much. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it will. Courtney, we got to remember that as, as scary as the headlines are, it is very, very early and we have to reiterate, we don't know where this is going to head. Mm. Could turn out to be something or it could turn out to be nothing. We just don't know right now. Let's be thankful and uh, hope for a great holiday season. Courtney, and good luck against Michigan. I think you guys are going to crush them. And I, I, and I, I hate to say it, but you're going to win by double digits. I hope so. Go Bucks. Courtney, thank you. OH. You will. You will. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Line's a little weird. All right. We come back. Do not adjust your televisions. There is indeed a lot of red on the screen right now. Look at that. Dow Futures. Down more than 700 points. That's actually off their lows, down over 800 a a couple of minutes ago. Fears about a new COVID variant found in South Africa, sparking the selling. Also got a Goldman Sachs call that dropped late Wednesday night, calling for potentially faster rate hikes. Kind of the double whammy in the markets and futures. They are taking it on the chin. Much more on that still ahead. But as we head to break, let's also look at the cryptos. They are selling in a big way. Bitcoin down 7%. Ethereum down 10%, almost breaking below 4,000. We've got a big show ahead. We'll see you back for it. Grab another cup of coffee. We're back in two minutes. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget.
All right, and good Friday morning, and welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. If you are just joining us and waking up, you got to check out stock futures today, and we are seeing a lot of selling in the futures. Dow futures down almost 800 points right now. That is more than 2%. NASDAQ futures, they are down 200, so about 1.7% on NASDAQ futures as well. It is on concerns about this new COVID variant coming from South Africa, some travel restrictions already begun to be put in place. There was a passenger on a flight from Malawi, the southern African nation in Israel, who tested positive and was identified with that new variant. Again, we don't know much about it other than it is a huge mutation from what we have seen. So there is a lot of concern. The WHO will hold an emergency meeting today on it. It is not just the equity markets as well. Anything having to do with people moving around, whether it's travel stocks or oil, Look at that price of oil down 6%, almost $5 a barrel here, down over 5% uh, in, in Europe as well. Natural gas actually on the rise because no matter what happens with COVID, you've got to heat your home, you need utilities, you need power. And so the natural gas market continues to be strong. All right, we'll get back to stocks in just a moment. But let's talk about what Courtney just talked about, and that is retail. Today, of course, normally is a huge day of discounts for retailers. Of course, you always wake up on Friday and see the media like us showing hundreds of people lined up in an electronic store and running in to get a TV for 27 bucks, but not this year. According to Refinitiv, the average promotional discount last week was about 33%, which is actually lower than the year-to-date average of 38%. What else? Supply chain woes, overall inflation, labor problems, theft, whatever it is, you name it are probably behind some of these higher-than-average prices. Also, some retailers maybe just getting smarter. Let's talk about it all with Jerome Martis, Director of Consumer Research at Refinitiv. And uh, Jerome, welcome. You know, listen, if you're hoping for those big Black Friday specials and all the, all the local news and national news media showing people, you know, sort of running over each other to get some kind of a big discount, it just, it's just not happening this year. How do you see it all playing out? Well, good morning, Brian. In a collaboration with StyleStage, Refinitiv did find out that the average promotional discount is much lower this year compared to the previous two years. In normal times, the average promotional discount is over 40%, but that has come down, as you mentioned, even below the year-to-date average and even what we've seen um, since the past two months. And this is mainly because of supply worries, right? This has really constrained inventory levels for the retailers and has... You know, you combine that with very strong demand from the consumer, and that puts them in a very unique and strong position to cut back on those aggressive discounting that we've been seeing in previous Black Fridays. So as a result, um, we're seeing that um, prices are not going to be as low as as before, and this is across categories. U.S. mall stores especially, over 50% of their merchandise used to be on sale during Black Friday, and that's going to come down um, to about 41% this year. Still high, but below the previous levels that we've seen in the previous years. Well, given what Courtney just said about everybody shopping earlier, we're probably already starting to get some data points, are we not? Usually we kind of, we say today is sort of the start of the holiday shopping season. We know that a lot of people have already started, if not are done. So what, is there any trends that we can spot already, Jerome? Absolutely. So despite the higher inflation and the less aggressive discounting, Items are selling out. The sold-out rates for the month of November already are much stronger than than the two uh, holiday seasons combined from the previous two years. And this is mainly across a lot of categories, specialty and uh, the the, the, um, 
the, the, the discounters are seeing a lot of those sold out items. Um, consumers are have that pent up demand. They did go out show up go out shopping much earlier this year than the previous uh, years. Um, also, they they are purchasing items. Uh, when we look at the strong categories, we're seeing that the discounters are continuing to steal a lot of that market share from the middle. Um, from the mid department stores, especially since consumers are trading down and they don't want to pay those higher inflationary costs. We're also seeing that um, sporting goods will continue to be very strong this holiday season as wellness, um, health and wellness are still a top priority for consumers in their mind. So as a result, Nike, Lululemon, all those uh, sporting goods stores are still, still expected to do well. And then, of course, home furnishing as yeah. Consumers have become more comfortable opening up their houses for friends and family. They're still decorating their houses. Or, or, or buying or refilling or filling up that new house that they have bought or rent as well. And everybody's buying fitness gear because according to stats, we might all have some work to do next year. Jerome Martis of Refinitiv. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I know you're going to be very busy today. We appreciate you taking some time. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. All right, on deck, much more in the markets and your money. Thank you. Futures, they are down 800 points right now. NASDAQ futures off nearly 2%. Oil also down 6%, all on a new strain of COVID that has health officials on alert. Plus, the answer to a question we asked you six months ago. We took to Twitter and urged you, our loyal viewer, to predict which would be the best performing asset class between the end of May and today, stocks, gold, Bitcoin, or oil, we're going to show you the results of that six-month poll coming up. Stick around. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. click, click, click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. All right, well, good morning. If you are just waking up or just rejoining us here on Worldwide Exchange, that graphic is not incorrect. We are seeing a sell-off across the board, across all asset classes, with the exception of treasury bonds across the world as well. Overall, we are seeing Dow futures down 700 points right now. NASDAQ futures, they're off their lows, down about 1.7% as well, all in concerns about a new sort of super mutation of a COVID variant that has been identified in South Africa. A passenger in Israel who just got off a flight has been identified with it as well. So the COVID playbook, sort of the machines being in charge, they seem to be taking over. The airline stocks, they are all down 6 or 7% right now across the board. It is anything to do with getting out and traveling that is getting hit right now. The cruise lines down almost 10 percent. Carnival, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean all down nine plus percent. You see in a trend, the stocks that are trading in the pre-market, again, very thin volume, not a lot of people on desks. Machines may be in charge, but it doesn't matter. These stocks are being sold. 
Marriott, Wynn Resorts, MGM, they are all down as well. And of course, anything with getting out being sold, which means anything regards to staying in, is getting a bid at stay-at-home trade, if you will. Peloton, Teladoc, DocuSign, Zoom Video, they are all up just as much. Again, sort of that COVID playbook, folks. This is not the first time we have seen it. New variants, new concerns, the machines, the algorithms, the programs, they are in charge. They sell certain stocks and they buy certain stocks. Nobody right now is thinking about it. They are selling and they will buy later after they think about it over the weekend, but we're seeing it. Now, there is a flight to quality. Treasuries, they are getting a bid. One of the few things that are high, crypto is down big, but the bond market is up and bond yields coming down to nearly 1.5%. All right, coming up, Europe taking steps to try to stop flights from some Southern African nations as fears of that new mutation of COVID start to spread. We're going to bring you more on what we know, what we don't, and more on this big-time global market reaction. Stick around. All right. Good morning and welcome or welcome back, everybody. And we are seeing a market sell-off across the board right now. Concerns about a new sort of super mutation that has been identified coming out of some southern African nations as well. That is scaring investors. And we are seeing maybe the machines take over, folks. Dow futures down more than 700. NASDAQ futures off nearly 200 as well. Anything having to do with travel, as we just showed you, is down 6, 8, 10%. Anything having to do with sort of the stay-at-home trade, it is up right now. It is not just stocks and futures that are being sold. The price of oil is down 6% as well. Concerns about global demand. If this becomes something, and again, there's a lot we don't know. We'll get Meg Terrell on the phone in just one moment. But we are seeing crude oil down 6.5%. And it is not just stocks or oil either. It is also the sort of the crypto component of the market. Everything is being sold. It's kind of a sell first, think later type morning. Again, we've talked about it. A lot of desks, thinly staffed. Perhaps the machines have taken over. Either way, Bitcoin down 7.5%. And that's actually the best performer of the cryptos right now. Ethereum, you got sort of Litecoin all down double digits, 10, 11 or 12%. So a lot of red, a lot of selling on the screen right now. And it's all because of this piece of news, which is that new sort of mutation that is more mutations, sort of a uh, constellation mutation, as one scientist called it last night, that is of concern. There's a lot we don't know, but let's find out what we do. Joining us now on the CNBC News line is Meg Terrell. Obviously, Meg, not the way that anybody wanted to start their Friday after Thanksgiving. I hope you do and your family did have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, unfortunately, this morning is turning out to be something new. What do we know right now? Yeah, Brian, I, I actually spent a lot of yesterday hearing from folks uh, in the public health community about this <clears throat> variant. So it's a weird way to spend Thanksgiving. Um, you know, South Africa identified this very early, and they held a press conference yesterday uh, to talk about the mutations they've identified here. And what's alarming about it is just that there are so many mutations, about 30 in the spike protein, which, of course, is that very important one. It's the one that the vaccines target. It's the one that allows the virus to enter cells. And they know 
what some of these mutations do, and they're worried that they could give this variant the ability to be more transmissible and potentially to evade vaccines and treatments. They don't know yet. They don't have data on those things to confirm that yet. They also don't know whether this variant will be more severe or less severe. It's in the very, very early stages now, and South Africa identified this very early. What's very interesting about this mutation is that it can be picked up by PCR testing because of the way it shows up in the test results. And so they can track it very quickly and then do, you know, the whole genome sequencing, but they don't have to do that in order to be able to track it. Um, and so it's in the early stages, but you are starting to see a big, you know, a case uptick there. Still very small. It's, it's at the beginning of what looks like a surge, and they're worried about that fourth wave there in South Africa. But obviously you are seeing uh, the UK block flights from six African countries. Uh, the world is starting to react very quickly to this. The World Health Organization today expected potentially to give this a Greek letter name. It could potentially be new and you. So we'll see if they do that. And we won't have to call it B.1.1.529. Um, but it is certainly worrying yep. a, a lot of people, even though it's very early, Brian. Yes, and I think you're bringing up some incredibly important points, and I'm sorry I had to spend Thanksgiving that way as well, Meg. But, you know, you, what we don't know is, is listen, th this may be, the vaccines may work against it. Yes, this has more mutations to your point, but they may work. It may not have a higher fatality rate than COVID normally does. It may not be more transmissible as well. We have antivirals that are now coming out. They also may work. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna about it, but there's a lot of scary words, you know, mutant variant. These are scary words to a lot of people, but there is no indication, at least as of yet, that this may be any more dangerous, correct, than sort of the alpha or gamma or delta strains. There's no confirmation of that. There's just a suggestion based on what's understood about these uh, mutations themselves. But more work needs to be done to confirm that. But specifically on the antiviral front, the drug front, you know, we're going to see the documents on Merck's molnupiravir likely today from the FDA. It gets reviewed next week by their advisory committee. Pfizer's been coming along after that. I don't think it's expected that these should be affected by a variant like this. I need to confirm that and, and learn more about it. Um, but that's one thing. Um, in terms of the vaccines, you know, it is expected that these will potentially have to be updated. Uh, the companies are monitoring these. Uh, you know, I've heard from some of them. Uh, they will work quickly if they need to update the vaccines. Um, but the reason yeah. people are responding so strongly to this is Delta is so contagious. To see one that potentially has the ability to outcompete Delta is just very surprising. And to see one that has so many different mutations is surprising scientists. And so that's how, why they're reacting to it like this. Because one of the parts about Delta, because it is so contagious, tends to crowd out other strains as well and also perhaps burns hot and fast, as we have seen perhaps in India and some other places. And again, just very quickly, Meg, on these mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer, one of the sort of the brilliances of them is that they can be modified, correct? We've got to remember that as well. Again, I'm not trying to be like overly sunny at 530 in the morning with all the markets and everything down, but they can be tweaked to, to evolve like viruses, correct? Absolutely. And these, these companies are monitoring all of the emerging variants all the time to see if they need to uh, redesign the vaccines. And they've done it. You know, they've, they've designed vaccines that can target beta, for example, and they've seen that they can do this very quickly. And so if there is a signal <clears throat> that they need to act on this, they certainly will. And, you know, it's a matter of months yeah. for them to be able to redesign these vaccines. And as you said, it's the beauty of mRNA. Meg Terrell, we appreciate you joining us uh, on the CNBC Newsline. It's a big story. Thank you, Meg.
Thanks, Brian. All right. We're going to get more on all of this coming up. But now let's take a step out to something that we've been waiting six months for. The final results of a poll that we asked you all the way back on May 25th. It was a simple question. Which will have the best return between now and the close of business on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? S&P 500, gold, Bitcoin, or oil? Well, your responses were pretty evenly split. 25 of you said the S&P, 14% said gold, 31% said Bitcoin, and almost the same said oil. So Bitcoin was the choice, and indeed, Bitcoin was the winner by two lengths. These six-month returns go like this. Gold, excuse me, it actually lost you money. S&P 500 up 12%, oil up 16%, but Bitcoin... At least coming into today, I wrote this on Friday or Wednesday night, Bitcoin was up 47%. Bitcoin returning nearly double the next best category of crude. Crypto and crude, what a pair, and thanks to everybody who voted. So we obviously need to start a new poll, but let's switch it up a bit and get even more specific, make it a little bit harder. Here's the one I'm going to put out later today. Which one of these will have the best return over the next three months between now and February 26th? Bitcoin. NASDAQ 100 ETF QQQ, the S&B small cap 600, or the Japanese Nikkei 225. It's going to be easy to say Bitcoin, but remember the law of large numbers. And Bitcoin is 18%, at least it was this morning, coming off its 52-week high. Bitcoin can and does move down. In fact, Bitcoin is down 7% right now as all the global markets are getting hit. So I'll put that poll out in a bit on Twitter. we got a lot more show to do. But let's talk more now about cryptos and everything else that's going on and bring in one of our friends, Mark Yusko, CEO and CIO of Morgan Creek Capital Management. He was on the Friday after Thanksgiving last year when Bitcoin was below 20 grand. You said buy it. You were long and strong. If people listen to you, Mark, and I hope they did, they made a lot, a lot of money. Obviously, right now, the markets, at least today, they're kind of all going crazy because this new COVID variant. Talk to us about the longer term projections that you see. Well, Brian, I appreciate you having me back, and I, I uh, appreciate the chance to, to talk to you from the, the lobby of the beautiful Indigo Hotel here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's very early here. But look, I, I'm as excited about uh, Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies as I was a year ago and the year before that and the year before that. And uh, I, I love these you know, Black Friday sales. I mean, it's almost like deja. What well, is deja vu? Uh, a year ago, we were down about 10% overnight. Uh, while we were all sleeping, working off the turkey coma. And uh, you and I talked about it. And, you know, it was time to step up. And at 17,000, that seemed really a little bit scary, having just been at 20,000 not that uh, long before. And I think we're in the same place. It's, you know, all the fundamentals of Bitcoin are improving. Uh, The number of users, the number of wallets, the size of the wallets, the transactions, all those fundamentals continue to get better. And at the end of the day, yeah. Investing is the only thing I know, right? When things go on sale, people run out of the store. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah, and you see what's happening in, in the country of Turkey, uh, not obviously the poultry, the country of Turkey with a, an economic crisis. Their, their currency, the lira, has crashed, I think, 30-plus percent. People look at that and they say, you see, this is exactly why we need Bitcoin. You got the U.S. dollar, you got the euro, you got the yuan, maybe the yen, but for everybody else... This, this is why you need this digital currency, not because those people are now starting to suffer as their currency crashes. Brian, such an important point. Look, as a store of value, Bitcoin is, is really perfect. It, it plays the role of digital gold, 
Gold has been a great store value for 5,000 years. An ounce of gold bought a fine person's suit over that whole period, from a suit of armor to a zoot suit to a fine man or woman's suit on Savile Row. But digital gold is better, right? It's more portable, it's more divisible. And you think about countries like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, where the companies or the, com the countries themselves devalue their currency 99.999%, uh, all of your wealth is destroyed in that currency devaluation. And so it's not so much that Bitcoin is getting better relative to those currencies. Those currencies are just getting worse. And the same thing's happening all around the world. There is a global race to the bottom. When countries become very, very indebted, like we are in the West, the only way out is to devalue the currency. You can't pay the debt back. You can't restructure it. Yeah. You can't default on it. So you have to devalue the currency. So that's why you need in your portfolio a base of crypto as a store of value. You know, there was a time in your life, Mark, I remember we've been talking for a, a number of years now, longer than I care to remember, where you were kind of a stock guy as well. So I'm going to ask you with that beautiful tree behind you there in Tulsa to put on that stock hat, given what we're seeing this morning. Yeah. Obviously, there's so much we do not know. We hear COVID, we hear variant, we hear strain, mutation, big, scary words. It seems like the machines are in charge. Do you agree with that right now that that the, everybody's doing the COVID playbook? Sell this, buy that. 100%. And, and look, you're, you're absolutely right. Look, no one is around me, right? It's, it's early in the morning. Now, people are maybe going to go out shopping here uh, a little bit later. But uh, as you said, on these low volume days, these holiday days, uh, if you get any sort of news, the machines absolutely take over and they move with reckless abandon. Uh, they don't care about the long term view. They only care about short term profits. And, and that's what happens. So people need to not panic. They need to buy what's on sale, stay in the store, don't run out of the store. And uh, look, I think equities, right, big U.S. equities and, and broad uh, Western markets, I do think are highly valued. There are some segments of, of the market in tech that are selling at levels we didn't think possible. 60, 70, 80 times revenues. Forget earnings. They don't even have earnings. So it's an interesting time. Um, markets are going to move fast because of the machines. And I think the key now is diversification, owning things like gold, owning things like treasuries. People say, why would you want to own those? They're down. That's when you want to buy them, when they go down. Uh, so rebalancing your portfolio, really critical here. I think it's going to be a very rocky few months. Yeah, and you got these headlines that kind of come out of nowhere. By the way, Goldman Sachs calling for a third rate hike next year. That kind of dropped late Wednesday night when the markets were closed, like maybe adding a little bit of fuel on that tightening fire as well. But just to wrap it up, Mark, because I know you did. You're living on Tulsa time, my friend. I know how early it is out there, and we appreciate it. You are a buyer of Bitcoin this morning on this weakness. You love this Black Friday discount, as you called it. I do. This is a Black Friday discount. You should buy it. And again, don't buy it all today. Buy some today, buy some next week, buy some next month. Keep dollar cost averaging because the price of Bitcoin doesn't matter. The daily price is a liar. The value is increasing. The price is going to be volatile because humans and machines are volatile. What you want to do is continue to increase your ownership of the most powerful computing network the world has ever seen. Ownership is edge here, Brian. Well, you know what? Getting up uh, and doing TV at 4.30, I call that edge. And Mark Yusko, you are edge. We appreciate it, my friend. We'll let you get back to your, well, I won't say your family. Hopefully they're sleeping. Hope you had a wonderful <laughs> Thanksgiving. 
go back to bed. Mark, appreciate you joining us. Great call last year, by the way, this this day last year. And Bitcoin has tripled in price. So you made people a lot of money, Mark. We appreciate it. Take care, my friend. Thanks, Brian. Have a great holiday. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Will do. All right. So Mark talked about shopping, saw the tree behind him. And because despite the headlines and what the markets are doing right now, today should be a day to be thankful. Have fun with some friends and family and get out. Maybe do a little shopping. I know it can be hard with the headlines, but let's do it, shall we? Joining us now is Nate Forbes, president and managing partner of the Forbes Company, which owns and operates several luxury malls in the Midwest and Florida, including the Somerset Collection in Troy, Michigan, which I have been to, Nate. It's a pleasure to have you on. We've got a lot of scary headlines, but let's talk about friends and family today. Last year looked a lot different. Are you expecting big crowds as people sort of feel good about themselves, as they should, this year? You know, Brian, we are expecting uh, traffic to be up. We're expecting traffic count to be up. Our early returns are showing people are coming back to brick and mortar. They're coming back to the malls. They're looking for convenience. They're looking to spend time with family and friends in an environment that they feel comfortable in and that they go back to their favorite stores. Yeah, they come back to the mall. And I know online shopping is a big deal, but but Nate, we forget that as fast as online shopping has grown, in-person shopping is also growing. It gets lost in the headlines, does it not? We think, oh, everyone's just at home. Not the case at all. Shopping is part of our shared experience as Americans. This is kind of a, a hobby. It's part of our social fabric. It really is. And I think what's happening is we're getting back to 2019 spending levels and traffic levels. We had a drop off in 2020 and in 2021, this holiday season, we are expecting to be back to 2019 levels. And in some cases, even beyond, we're seeing early shopping. We've seen less discounting has been reported this morning. People are not having to discount because, as we've mentioned over the past several months, supply chain has been interrupted. And therefore, the retailers are selling more merchandise at full price. The luxury uh, retailers, the athleisure uh, space has been very, very well. Home furnishings, home goods, that entire market space has been uh, had an early start to the season. And again, discounting is, is yeah. down to basically nil. Yeah. And at the Somerset Collection, you guys have uh, done things like offering lockers and delivery in a 60 mile radius, the mall at Millennia, some beautiful properties. Nate, I'd love to talk about it more. I had a lot of headlines today, so i got to cut a little short, but we appreciate you getting up early for us. Hope you have a great, successful, and big-time weekend, Nate. Thank you very and much. Go, and, go, and go blue. Uh-oh. We had the Ohio State call yeah. earlier. Now we got yes, the Michigan call. It is on. It's on. It is on. It Nate is on. Forbes, appreciate that. It's going to be a big game tomorrow. Nate, thanks. Thank all you. right, coming up. What all of you should make of all the red on your screen. Dow futures, that is not a misprint. They are down more than 800. NASDAQ off 2%. Oil down 6 Ethereum down 10%. All on concerns about a new COVID strain coming out of southern Africa and a passenger in Israel who has identified with it. We'll get more on this, by the way, as well as your weekly insider buying. Next. All right, time now for your weekly insider buying rundown. The five biggest insider buys of the week. All the data with our thanks from insiderscore.com. And as always, counting you down, fifth biggest to the biggest. Let us go. Number five is Nevro, a director buying 1.7 million. She bought 500,000 back in 2019, now coming in at a higher price with a bigger buy. 
Stock number four is Telos, TLS. The CEO stepping in with a $1.8 million buy. John Wood, the CEO, was also a seller in April. So this is a reversal on Telos. Sarepta Therapeutics, number three, just under $2 million by the CEO. It's his first buy since August of 2019. Overall, he's bought about $10 million in stock since joining Sarepta back in 2017. Stock number two, DraftKings. Three board members making a total of $2.7 million in buys. And though usually here we just focus on one buyer, it wouldn't matter because Vice Chair Harry Sloan was two of that $2.6 million, so he would have been in second place even if it was just him. And number one, the most insider buying this week, Playtika, PLTK, the CEO to the rescue, maybe, CEO Robert Antical buying $3.24 million worth of the Israel-based mobile gaming company. This company went public earlier in the year. It has been, shall we say, a bit of a disaster. The stock way down. So the CEO coming in and buying on extreme weakness. There you go. Nevro, Telos, Sarepta, DraftKings, and Playtika. Something interesting to note here, by the way, almost all new names except for DraftKings. Number two, all these stocks are down big this year. DraftKings, the, quote, best, only down 23%, and a lot of buying on weakness. And every one of those buys was over a million dollars, and we have not had a week in about a year doing this where every buy was over a million. Your weekly insider buying. All right, let's pull back to the broader markets and bring in one of our friends, Greg Branch. He is Veritas Financial Group Managing Partner and a CNBC contributor. And Greg, uh, normally today, like we talked about, it's kind of a lighter day. Obviously not the case. A lot of new fears. The markets, they are pre-programmed. Everything is selling off. Uh, what's your take? What's your advice to our viewers who are waking up? They may look at CNBC and get a little nervous. So I always find it helpful to diagram what the possibilities are, what the scenarios are, and, and, and I think that that can be useful for our broader audience today. So there are three possibilities with this new strain. The first is it might be more highly transmissible. And that one I think we can say with some assurance. Sure, it's a small sample size, but in South Africa, where they had normalized to only 200 cases, they saw 1,200 on Wednesday, and then they saw 2,500 on Thursday. So I think that we can be reasonably assured that it is more highly transmissible. Now, the second two factors we just don't know yet. We don't know if it has uh, more intense symptom severity, and we don't know if it has increased immune evasiveness. Just with what we do know, the higher transmissibility, I think that that plays into the situation in Europe. And quite frankly, this is conjecture on my part, but we might find that it's already there. Europe is now at about 389,000 cases a day, surpassing its previous uh, peak of 320,000 last year. And so there's severe implications for Europe where I think we're going to see more lockdowns and a retrenchment. And so those uh, companies and sectors that are exposed to transatlantic travel, those uh, goods and services Mm -hmm. from Europe, parts of the supply chain, particularly if we find this in Asia, where manufacturing, shipping, the ports, all that will be affected. And so we're going to see the inflationary pressures intensify from here. Well, we are seeing anything travel-related, airlines, cruise lines, hotels, down 6 to 10% right now. And your points are well noted. There's a lot we don't know. As Meg Terrell said earlier, we don't know if it's more transmissible, if it's, if it's more dangerous. The vaccines may work. Again, we don't know, but the markets know yeah. what they know, and that is the playbook hits sell. Quickly, Greg, do you think you're going to step in and do a little buying here today as some of these stocks get crushed? 
There's only one area I'd look at, and I would have said this on Wednesday. I'm looking at things that are less uh, susceptible to those inflationary pressures and yeah. can sustain demand throughout through a new wave. And so that's technology for me. Some words of wisdom and a calming voice. We need it right now. Greg Branch, whatever happens on the screens, I hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving and a wonderful weekend. Greg, take care. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Well, folks, that does it for us here on Worldwide Exchange. You're welcome. Everything is down. Futures off more than 800 points. Squawk and the gang picking up some big-time market coverage next. We will see you on Monday. Take care. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.